welcome to season two of Pasco Podcast, a series where we discuss leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the 550,000 plus residents of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. We created this podcast to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Dan Biles, and welcome to our 23rd episode of Pasco Podcast. This episode is going to be a little different than what you've, you're used to, because we all know change is inevitable. And this is the last time I'll be hosting this podcast. For those of you who haven't heard the news, I've decided to step down as Pasco County Administrator, and the board has chosen today's guest, Mike Carballa, to succeed me. Congratulations, Mike, and thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate you having me. And uh, more importantly, congratulations to you as you embark on this uh, next chapter of your life. Thanks. You know, we're, we're excited about that. Now, just a little bit, a little insight into my decision. You know, leadership is part of who I am and what I do. Uh, and my wife and I have been given an opportunity to provide leadership training and development in local churches overseas. Now, it's not easy to think about leaving this incredible team here in Pasco County. And it's been an honor serving this community. You know, and I've, over the time here, I've grown to love, you know, not just the work, but the people uh, that surround us in doing the work we do. So, you know, it's really been an honor and a privilege to be here. Well, Dan, I can tell you it's been an honor and a privilege for me personally to work with you. And I know uh, a lot can be same across the organization. I mean, five years, absolutely amazing tenure. Uh, what will you remember most about your time here at Pasco? Not COVID. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> now, you know, there's a, a list of a, a pretty tremendous amount of things that the, the team has accomplished over the last five years from, you know, dealing with a pandemic uh, uh, to natural disasters. I mean, the, the weekend I started, Starkey Wilderness Park was burning, right? And, I do remember that. You know, and so there's been a lot of things done by the, the team here over the past five years. Um, you know, Ridge Road, Office Campus Center is coming. But I think ultimately the, the most thing that I'm probably most proud about is really how we change the culture of the organization to focus on the people that are here, that, that are doing the work so that then they can focus on doing the work uh, that our citizens and our customers demand and you know that's resulted in three national you know best place to work awards you know great team doing a lot of great work and really recognition throughout the county of what we've done so i think ultimately that's been probably what i'm most proud about you know the five years um in the time that we've been here a little over five years so fantastic, fantastic. so and, and you've been here through all this right <clears throat> have you know you were uh, i think engineering utilities engineering director when i started five five plus years ago then you know got promoted up to assistant county administrator. So from your seat, you know, what's the culture change look like over the last five years? You know, that's a good question. Um, I think the biggest thing that that has impressed me the most about the cultural change is really the, the level of trust. Um, and not to say the trust didn't exist, but I, I feel like we've always had pockets of it and you took it to a new level. Uh, you, you really did and, and created a safe environment for folks, um, even myself as, as, a, as a new ACA at the time, uh, to, to make mistakes, 
to learn and and to really uh, encourage what I'll call intelligent risk taking. And you know that has a trickle down effect throughout the entire organization. And and we saw it. I got to witness it firsthand as we as you know uh, those of us in the leadership team for utilities led things, and then getting into the uh, ACA role, looking at the change and transformation of of say our public works department is, is just an example. So and and I know those changes were occurring as well in the other branches and throughout the organization. So really the level of trust that was imparted upon those of us in the organization and and watching it just flow down uh, was simply amazing. And and uh, quite honestly, it's 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 kept me here. It's kept me engaged in, in this county. So, you know, thanks for thanks for bringing that, um, you know, as 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 you embarked on this cultural right. uh, change here, what what would you say your biggest challenges were in turning the tide? OK, so I'm going to repeat what you just said a lot. <laughs> I, I really am, because, you know, when I got here, um, there was not this was a low trust organization, right? The administration didn't trust the rest of the organization and the rest of the organization didn't trust the leadership. You know, you, and you can see that through the fact that, you know, Michelle's calendar was packed. Everybody came to her for decisions, right? And vice versa, in our employee surveys, we would have employees fill out the survey as if they were in another department so that their supervisor couldn't come back to them with the comments they made. So they didn't trust the system either, right? And so, you know, I remember getting here and, you know, day one um, without Michelle, you know, after the two-week transition, we kind of got together as a, as a, a leadership team, right? And, and I said, uh, ultimately, you know, trust is uh, something I have to give you before you'll ever be willing to trust me. Mm-hmm. And so we started shedding decisions, right? We started delegating down, trying to push those decisions down to the lowest level because delegating is built on trust, right? It is. And if I can interrupt you and sure. I do a little bit, you know, how did that feel? I mean, being in the top seat, I mean, to 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 give away all that trust and all that power and to know that you're you're on the line ultimately right. for all that. Um, you know, advice for for those of us that are still struggling with trust, maybe? I mean, well, we, how do you well, so we we've talked some over the last five years about courage, right? Aristotle mm. says that's the base value. Yes. That's the value that every other value is built on. You know, we are, our core values are integrity, respect, service, excellence, innovation. And yet you can't have integrity without courage to stand up for what's right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in order to trust others to do their job, you have to have courage to give that away. Absolutely. Right. And so that I think ultimately at the end of the day, the ability to trust the organization that we hire experts, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how to run a fire department. I don't know how to run purchasing. I don't know how to run fleet. I mean, I could go on, right? You know, we've talked about that, right? right? There are 27, right. 26, 27 different departments. I'm qualified to run six. Right. So you got to trust your experts and hire them and let them do their job, right? And so that's what we've, I think that was the biggest challenge because the organization wasn't, that was new, right? Mm-hmm. The organization reacted to that and mm-hmm. they weren't really sure how to handle that. And so we went through some periods of adjustment. And I remember getting up from a meeting and said, I don't ever want to come back to this meeting. Y'all can have it, but I'm not going to show up or kicking somebody out of my office because and tell them that's not my decision. That's in your roles and responsibilities. That's your decision to make that. You know, that's your decision to make. So I think ultimately that's that really was uh, the, the thing. That, and you couldn't stop. Right. right. You can stop because the second you picked up on something or dove in or did something where it indicated you didn't trust somebody, you damaged the work you've done. Correct. 
So, mm. so, so let's talk a little bit about how you see this progressing when you take over. Mm -hmm. You know, um, why is the organization's culture important to you? So I would say, me personally, it's it's important because culture is that engine that ultimately drives performance, right? I mean, uh, there's there's really a lot of wisdom in those three simple words that you've right. expanded upon <laughs> since since you got here. That, I stole I stole from somebody, that, that, yeah, that, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, I think uh, every thought has probably been thought at some point here in the world. Uh, people, purpose, and performance, right? You know, you know, taking care of the people, um, you know, giving them the sense of purchase, a purpose, and then of course, you know, that will drive performance. It takes care of itself. Um, you know, I, I see that progressing. You know, especially the people piece because. You know, if I keep up with the analogy of an engine, right, being that engine that drives, um, an, an engine, when it's running, it's self-sustaining as long as it's got fuel and maintenance. So you have to con you have to continue to give it fuel and maintenance, right? And so we've got to continue to to take care and focus on our people. And so when I when I look at sustaining the culture and I look at progressing, it's still a focus on people. And you know that's everything from safety, which has been a very big um, um, I've been a very big proponent of it uh, here in public infrastructure. Um, and and we've got a great team that helps us with safety, but you know the safety of our folks, uh, making sure we. We've got resources, making sure our folks are, are continue to be empowered, you know, and, and trusted to do their jobs and, and with, with minimal involvement. You know, our job as leaders is to break down the barriers and get out of the way. Uh, we'll continue that as well as training. You know, it was um, I'm reminded of, of Richard Branson when he talks about, you know, clients and employees. Right. right. And it, it's, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, of course, but clients don't come first. Employees come first right. because without employees. Who's going to take care of the clients? Right. You know, and and so that's that's where I see this. That's how I see this going. You know, especially as this county continues to just ex, you know grow rapidly, and and so as as we do that, I mean, you you've got an engineering background, and I, I think it's been incredibly helpful as we manage smart growth. How did that serve you as a county administrator? Because you're kind of a rare bird when it comes to engineers being county administrators. Um, how did that help you? Well, I think. Uh a lot. Well, I mean, a, for a lot of reasons. One, I understood really what the risks that was being taken on on the property owner and the developer side, right? Because there's a risk proposition to this. Mm -hmm. And with anything uh, in 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 our economy, there's a risk reward proposition. And the bigger the risk, the greater the reward. And right. so you got to understand that their perspective is how they approach that, but also understand also. You know, you know, we need to build consistency into our processes because one of the most disruptive things through the development process is unpredictability, mm -hmm. right? They want predictability. And if you tell them it's going to take six months to do something, well, they may not like six months, but if you're consistently reasonably accurate on your projections, then you're predictable. Right. At they least you're predictable, that, right? right? And mm -hmm. so they can plan around that. But I think is is part of that understanding from an engineer perspective uh, and having actually sat on that side um how pieces fit together big picture right you know we talk about 2d versus 3d mm -hmm. and the difference in in how you design bases you know it plays a right. role and there 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 are people that go through school and they can't think in 3d right and there are mm -hmm. those that go through school and can think in 3d and so it, it it's a different animal as how these pieces are going to fit and how the big picture works together right and right. and how that integrates with not just the comp plan but what people want out there in in sometimes what they want is not what they're saying and you have to understand that as well right and so there's a whole you know network that goes into that and at the same time understanding what impact that is going downstream you know we're in an in environment in a county where 
interestingly enough, the most valuable property is not on the water. It's actually you move away from the water because the water was developed in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and 80s, and is not necessarily the best product today. And so now some of that's changing over time. We're having some redevelopment in there, but it's got its own issues out there on the coast uh, with the hazards that are involved there. Um, and so we're kind of a little different animal with respect to you go down to Pinellas or any other coastal community and the most valuable properties are on the water. And we're not that way. And so you just got to kind of have to understand that. And I think ultimately as an engineer, you have to trust people doing the work for you, right? Mm -hmm. Even though you're putting your stamp on it. Correct. And you're the one on the line from a liability perspective. So it just gets kind of back to trust. And having practiced that with my CAD techs and everything over a period of time, it makes it easier on the trust side as well. Fantastic. Yeah. So that, that helps. Now, you know, you're also an engineer. I am. Yeah, so they've gone two for two. <laughs> um, yeah, so do you um, anticipate any specific challenges in leading the organization as you transition from being you know, focused on public infrastructure and uh, really an enterprise based, right? They're all separate business units. Mm -hmm. You know, they pay, pay for service, fee for service, right. right? But you're transitioning from that now to the county administrator, which now you're not just doing enterprise, but you're also you know, working on those that don't come with their own revenue, right? whether it's in public services or internal services or whatnot, you know, how, does, how do you see that working out? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, yeah, I'm very comfortable in the, the public infrastructure realm. Right. And, and there's a lot that I don't know about things, you know, use public services is probably the best example of, of a group that I, I don't know a whole lot about. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to learn about it, of course. And, and, and I understand obviously the, the, you know, the, Having a broader perspective of of funding and funding sources is, right. has been one of those things to to, to really grapple on. I, I I feel that stepping out of the infrastructure role and into the administrator role now, not only looking at at the challenges the organizational face, but look at look at the external challenges right that are going to face the county. Growth is still going to be a huge challenge for all of us, not just not just the infrastructure branch and development services, but internal services, fire rescue, public services are all going to have increased demands placed on their services as, as a result. And so we've got to not only, you know, uh, take care of that strain as, as we try to build new new infrastructure. And by and I'm using infrastructure now in a very broad term, not not right. water, sewer roads, but that could be fire. That could be, you know, animal services. Do we have the capacity to deal with these things? You know, we're, we're bringing a jail on board. We, we just learned about <laughs> Jail expansions and, right. and requirements there. Um, you know, we've we've got to invest in the older infrastructure too, and make sure that what we've already built isn't falling apart. So those are going to be very very specific challenges that we're going to face, and we're doing that in the in the face of some potential economic headwinds. Mm -hmm. Right? We're looking now at at some crazy inflation that we haven't seen in this country in a long long time. Um, I think we've got a little bit of a of a little microcosm here in Florida and in, in the Bay Area that I think is going to help us weather things, but. We've put together a good budget and a plan, and, and you know, and thank you to you and our budget folks, and, and and you know, we've really worked as a team to kind of project out how we can maybe you know tack and 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 deal with those things in the future, and then I think probably, again, it, it come, coming back to people, right. you know, biggest challenges is you know how are we going to continue to attract, retain, and and develop a quality workforce? We've got such a great team already, but it is it is hard out there just even adding people and then let, more or less even retaining them. So again, we continue to invest in our people, and you know, so kind of kind of looking at all those challenges, you know, those are those are really the big big key ones here, at least that uh, that I'm I'm focused on today. Um, 
you know, I'm 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 curious. Just okay. you know, um, from from my you know every every time we take on something new, right. it's it's a um, it's an opportunity for us to grow, right? Right. Even being in the top job, right. man. Even being in the top job, you know, we always talk about what what have you learned. So I'm I'm kind of curious. Can you give us any insight on the personal growth that you've experienced? Could be just even moving to Florida. Or even being county administrator, how have you grown personally in in the last five years with with those two things? Well, I think, um, well, a lot of different ways. I think you know we, you know, kind of gets back to the the old adage that if you're not growing, you're you're dead, mm-hmm. right, or dying, right. You know, and so and none of us want that, nope. right? You know, so <laughs> not anytime soon, <laughs> not anytime soon. And so, I I think. There are a lot of different ways. Um, One, you know, I uh, I read Adam Grant's originals after I got down here and his discussion about strategic procrastination. That's the word he uses. I use proactive procrastination just to keep the peace. (laughs) Um, But the ability to 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 uh, marinate on an idea and put it in your subconscious and just let it sit there and, and work its way out. It's it's been surprising how many off the wall ideas come out of that. Um, some of the research that, that his team has done on that is that um, groups that are putting together proposals are 28 to 30% more creative when they operate in that manner, as opposed to just trying to do the work, right? And I wrote my best term papers the night before. Oh, well, yeah. Well, and, <laughs> Marinated and, on some and ideas. And the other example he uses is if you look in the uh, actual, if you look in the written speech that Martin Luther King gave, his I have a dream speech, the words I have a dream aren't in the speech. He added those while he was sitting there waiting to speak. And so that was part of the, his process was to continually update. And, and so, he, you know, he added the word, the most famous words in the speech weren't in his original speech. It's fantastic. And so the the fact that um, sometimes, you know, we got to do things now, 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 but every once in a while, it's helpful to step back. Just let it marinate, right? Like a good steak, you know, and as a cook, you you know, right? I do, I do. <laughs> um, let it marinate. And in order for us to do that as leaders, we have to create white space in our calendar. And, and so to shed... The meetings I talked about earlier uh, to shed some of those decisions down to the right level creates that white space on the calendar. It allows you to kind of take your time and, and, and marinate on those and come up with some of those ideas that are just you know outside the box, if you will, or, or not even near the box. I mean, we've, we've done some things that are pretty remarkable and unique to local government because of the way we've done that. Right. right we and have. So, you know, I think that's part of it. And just um, I'm. Probably a little more patient today than I was five years ago with the work and the process and the way things have to happen. Um, the the fact that, um, you know, as a consultant, you can do things that you can't necessarily do in local government because we have rules and restrictions mm-hmm. and things that we have to follow that we just can't skip. Right. right? There, there are steps that we have to follow. And so just kind of being patient with that and understanding that and then trying to educate others how that works, you know, and and. Ultimately, it gets back to the whole trust factor, right? In in doing that and letting people do their job. So I think yeah, that's that's some of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if my my kids or my wife would tell you I'm more patient today than I was five years ago. But you know, that's a different subject for a different time. Absolutely, that's a different podcast, a different podcast. We'll bring you back for that one. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so you know, as we think about that, um, you know, change can be difficult at times, but yet our core value is innovation. 
And innovation, by definition, requires change. Right. Right. That's a change in what we're doing to improve something, to, to leap out ahead of, of something else, whether it's in, in the market or whatever. And so but it's difficult. It's not easy. Right. It, it's breaking paradigms. It's breaking processes. It's doing those things. So any as part of that, any uh, ideas or things you'd like to share that might ease concerns? Right. Because when somebody's been doing something for five years, people are comfortable with it. And then you change it. Now people are going to be uncomfortable. So these concerns or questions people may have about this change in leadership. Yeah. And I think I think it's natural, right? Anytime, anytime someone new takes over, whether it's the head of an organization or, or even your supervisor, uh, it, it can be nerve wracking. I, 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 I look at how this evolved. And believe me, the past, I can't remember how long it's been since you made your announcement. Um, it feels two like months. it's been, it feels, like, it feels like two, two years to, the, uh, to some of us. <laughs> but as, as, um, as, as we've, we've kind of gone through this evolution and up until the, the previous board meeting, I, I, I was actually happy uh, that the board had um, made the decision that they made just in terms of, of selecting right. and, and making it permanent, whether it was me, someone else, doesn't matter. Uh, the, fact, the fact that that action was taken, quite, quite honestly, saved a lot of organizational stress, mm -hmm. whether it's six to eight months of, of, a, of a search. And then if an external candidate was brought in, probably at least another six months of trying to feel that person out to try to learn. Right. So, so I feel like the board was, uh, you know, exercised its, its wisdom to really pull something like that together to save the organization stress. So that's a good thing, um, you know. And and likewise, in my meetings with board members, culture is still very important to them. Right. And kudos to you for getting them to see that. You know, you and I talked about your your, your interview right. when you first came in. Culture was not something. And no. quite honestly, I, I think back over my interview experience, no one really talks about right. culture, especially in leadership jobs, even though, quite honestly, as you point out aptly, it's probably your top job. It mm -hmm. is your top job, mm -hmm. you know, is, is to foster that culture. So... We're going to continue to build on that. You know that that doesn't change, and I think that's that's the nice thing is that those of us as internal candidates are a product of that culture, mm -hmm. and so being a product of that culture um, uh, puts us in a unique position to continue to nurture that culture, right? That right. fuel and maintenance that that we talked about earlier. You know, and, and I think you've always said that good culture will spit out and reject anything that doesn't doesn't quite fit right. in it. And, uh, you know, so again, as we sustain and we build upon that culture, Dan, it's um, I, I think that that's where people can really um, rest assured that that right. things are, are going to continue the way that they've continued. Right. Like you've said, you know, if the leader can walk away and no one knows who's really, <laughs> we're doing our job right. Right. And so and so that's that's kind of the way I look at it, too. Right. So, you know, um, you you have managed to lead this organization through a lot uh, in a short amount of time. And I, I'm a guy, I got lists, I got goals, I got all these things. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get A, B, C, D, and E done. And boy, sometimes I only get down to like B. Right. You know, is there is there anything you wish you'd been able to get done before the buzzer? Boy, that's probably a, you know, I sit back and think about that, probably a long list of things that, still are out there that need to get done. I, I mean, I, part of it, it looks is, you know, we have people in this organization that have a lot of great ideas and mm -hmm. doing a lot of great work. Um, and so part of my job and our job as leaders is to facilitate that. We don't necessarily come up with all the great ideas. Right. We don't come up with the, the things we need to do, but it's to facilitate that so that they can do that better. And, and while we are getting 
better at that, there's still work to do. We still have processes and things in place that we need to continue to, to work on and, and continue to build on. You know, I think is <clears throat> over the last, if, as we look back on the last five years, we, we've spent a lot of time really focusing on people and we yeah. should. They are by far, you know, if you list those three words in priority order, and they are in priority order, there's, a, there's a really big gap between one and two. Mm-hmm. And then there's a big gap between two and three. Not necessarily as big. You know, so we focus on the people and then we focus on connecting. Because tell you what, I don't I was not here when the board and the leadership did the the whole value and strategic planning initially. And they came up with a mission statement and a vision statement. But the vision of being Florida's premier county is an aspirational vision. Correct. It's in reality, it's something that is never achievable in general, because how can you as a county with 57 different lines of business hit premier in every single one all in the same day right it's an aspirational goal something we should always aspire to we can always see those great ideas out there but you know it's like perfection right you shoot for perfection you get excellence right you don't get perfection you get excellence right but you that doesn't mean you don't shoot for it Mm -hmm. right and so our mission statement our purpose you know we serve our community create a better future eight words and as i speak about our culture i tell the audience that if you're in local government, that's your mission statement. It, it doesn't matter if you're in Pasco or if you're in Broward County or you're in Atlanta, Georgia. That's what we do as local government. It's actually a fantastic mission statement. It is. And if you look, I've seen mission <laughs> statements before and they drone on and on and yeah. on where they try to, you know, put as much and pack as much into it as they can. And like you say, eight, eight, eight words. words, eight words. It's it's described the purpose of local yeah, government. It's exactly fantastic. what we do. We serve our community, create a better future. And so, you know, a lot in the lines of, you know, apples or some of the great mm-hmm. mission statements are out there. Right. Um, the Steve Jobs, you know, Apple's mission statement, right. um, you know, serve mankind with, through technology. Doesn't talk about computers at all. Right. Right. Just serve humankind. And so, you know, I think as we looked at that, we focused on those first one and two. And, and then we as we're thought, we, we got great performance, but we still have to work on that. Right. Mm-hmm. And the key there is not work on getting great performance because we get it, but it's how do we know we're doing the right thing all the time? Mm-hmm. How do we know we're delivering the product to the customer that the customer wants, right? right. Not, not what we want to give them, right. but what the customer is looking for. So we still have work to do there. And I think if anything, the integration of the best pr- management practices and the things that are out there in the industry on the private side, on the public side, mm-hmm. right, whether it's Baldridge or Sterling, right. Lean Six Sigma, you, know, you can go down the list of all the different you know, initiatives, right? The integration of those into the way we just think and the way we do business. I think we still have work to do, right? And so, but that, to be honest, you know, when when you leave and when your replacement leaves, we're still gonna have work to do there. Always. But it's gonna be a matter of like that aspirational, continue to improve, continue to build, continue to improve, continue to integrate throughout time. So I think that's, you know, part of that, I think that's probably, you know, and that's not something you at the buzzer, you know, that's not the three point shot at the right. buzzer to win the right. game. Right. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> I will say on that, uh, on, you know, for something specific, you know, we, we, you know, we met yesterday on the jail expansion and that's been one that we've really struggled with just because of the way the market's turned on us. Yeah. Right. It's not been, you know, it's not a, a, a sheriff detention officer issue. It's not a facilities issue. It's not an architect issue. It's not a you know moss construction issue. It's been the market has turned so dramatically over the right. last three or four years that it's really 
you know, crimped what we wanted to do in our timelines as well. And so I think if, if you want to put a project on the list, that's probably a project to kind of put on the list. Okay. Um, so, so, you know, you started here 2014, a little I over eight, eight years ago. I did. A little over eight years ago. You, know, you Eric and Kathy, all the same time, right? About yeah. the same year. Um, and you, you know, gone up through the ranks. Um, what does that mean to you? So you started as a director out in, in utilities. Yeah. And you've you know gone to this as a county administrator and now um, you know county administrator. Um, so what does that mean to you? And then also, how is that an example that we can use to help build and, and expire our younger generation? So a couple couple of things. Let me make a make a couple of points on that. First, I'm I'm a local guy, right? Right. Um, grew up in Lutz, right? Um, and. Uh, Born, born and raised here, so it's it's kind of cool in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we actually moved to Pasco after I uh, after I separated from the Air Force. Okay, so um, so it's whole life here, five year block. We're out out in the world, and then uh, came back came back to be with to be with family. But um, you know, coming coming back to Pasco, which is where we ended up settling uh, in in two thousand two when we when we got back um, working for your local governments. It's, it's kind of like Playing sports for your hometown ball team right. sometimes, right? I mean, it's 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 really cool. So, um, you know, it so it it means a lot uh, just to just to work in Pasco. Quite honestly, for me, um, yes, I have had the good fortune of being promoted twice, but I will tell you, I didn't get promoted once. Right, right. I, I was, right. I was, I I did not, uh, I was not promoted to assistant county administrator the the first time I went for it, and um, I was pretty salty about it, but um, I wasn't ready for it either. Right. You know, and um, you, you know, you, you talk about, you know, getting promoted within your organization does show commitment from the organization mm-hmm. to you. But we also have to remember that we were all external candidates at one point in time. Right. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, so the organization has to sustain itself by promoting from within, which is a good thing. And then we also have to deepen the bench by bringing in. Those, those again from from the outside. So I think again, the, the, I think the point here is is that it means a lot to me that it shows commitment to the organization, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that we have tried to do a very good job, and as we grow, uh, I think that there will be more opportunity for folks in the organization as we grow. As mm-hmm. um, you know, used to be the joke in government was I had to wait for my boss to die before you right. could before right. you could go take a job, right? Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't think that's the case anymore. But you know, we 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 continue to expand, and we continue to find leadership opportunities, and you can lead at any level in this organization. Right. And whether or not you want to lead, that's that's okay too, right? There's there's plenty of work uh, that that we can do, but I, I think. Um, I think the lesson is, is, you know, continue as you continue to try to grow and develop in your career. Be introspective, especially if you don't get a job the first time around or even the second time sometimes, you know, and 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 look to how you want to grow and how your how your career wants to grow. But um, Pasco has just been a fantastic place to work. I, I really uh, I really love it here. And I know a lot of folks do love it here. And I'm, I'm excited about uh, a lot of the future that we that we have, you know, um, and as you're kind of riding off here. Uh, <laughs> I guess the sunrise technically. You're sunrise. Going west here. Yeah, going you're, sunrise, going, you're going east. Yeah. Going east. Um, you know, thinking about over your five years here as as a leader, are there any leadership lessons that you'd like to share with us that might be of value? Well, you know, that's probably we we've talked about a lot of mm-hmm. over the last you know thirty plus minutes right. in this, and you know I think that um, when I stepped out. 
you know, on the, I think it was the 15th of May in 2017 and said, I'm going to trust you to do your job. Mm -hmm. uh, we have reaped more benefit out of that than I think even I imagined, right? Just yeah. across the enterprise. And, and some people it took a while to really get that. Um, but I think the fact that, one, I said it, and then I tried as best I could to live up to it. Right. Uh, probably not perfect, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think, and then try to not just get that down through the organization, but on the flip side, teach the five people I work for that that's in, that's, that's part of what we have to do in order to have a great organization. Right. You know, and, and, and I've had some tough conversations with them from time to time on specific issues or on leadership stuff. Right. Um, you know, don't criticize individuals of the team in public. We don't run the bus over people, right? Even if we know whose mistake it was, we right. don't do that in public. You know, we we have those discussions behind closed doors, right? But you praise in public, you give credit in public, you that you know. And so, you have some of those discussions. You know, I I was um, I will say I was surprised uh, because I'd had conversations with the board members during this the last couple months about this secession planning and the the selection process. But to hear, you know, one, you know, Commissioner Oakley come out and say, hey, this is what we do in private business. We we hire great people. And then when, you know, the the leader steps away, we just we promote because they right. already know the business. They know the culture. They know what we're doing. Right. And then, you know, uh, Morris sitting next to him, you know, you know, walk through the process of Fortune 500 goes through most of the time. Right. That they the shareholders appoint a board. The CEO leaves the board looks and say, OK, who's who's out there? And mm -hmm. generally they've been grooming several people. I know GE has a process where they make sure the board has at least two candidates viable for the CEO role and, and and they make an internal selection because when you look at stats and data, internal candidates are significantly more successful on the private side than external candidates as CEOs. And so why would you not do that in, in our business, right? right? I mean, we're our uh, 3,000 people, probably going to be close to 3,600 soon with the ads and, and fire rescue and other places right. and adding the detention center you know, to our uh, portfolio, to use a private term. Yes. Right. Um, $1.8 billion enterprise. Correct. Why do we not model what the private sector is doing with respect to governance, right? Mm -hmm. And so they walked through that process. And I think that shows that not only did the team learn and not only did we teach each other, but they learned too about how a good organization should mm -hmm. run. And not just a good organization, but a premier organization. Because right. that's what we want to be, right? And so I think that, um, you know, we've been speaking about for 30 minutes, trust, yeah. right? And trust takes courage, right? And and that also takes humility, which we haven't talked about a whole lot, but that's integral to that process, right? Because when you trust, then you're, your role is not to come in and tell somebody how to do things. That's correct. That point. It's, you're trusting them to do their job. And mm -hmm. so that takes some humility on your part, especially in the areas you know well, right? Yes, <laughs> right? it does. You know, Branford <laughs> does not need me to tell him how to run public works. You know, he does a great job. In fact, they've done amazing work in stormwater without us, the engineers, getting involved because they understand how to do their business better than we do. Right. Right. And, and so they've built that and built that. And so I think we've seen some great stuff done just because we've trusted. 
mm-hmm. right? And let people do their job and hire experts and let them run it that way. So, so I talked a little bit about the board decision, right? Right. You know, and I, I think by that meeting, I don't think any of us were really surprised because of the discussions we'd had, you know, through the process and through the the month leading up to the meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, but what uh, what is the board's confidence in you in your ability to be the next county administrator? What does that what does that tell you, and how are you going to take that on into the leading the organization? So I think you know to be succinct about it and drawing back on a couple of things that you said. Number one, it's it's quite humbling the level of trust that uh, that they have to be able to you know make a decision like that. Quite honestly, you know, within within a short period of time, um, you know, I, I um, I'm ecstatic. Like I said before, that they are so supportive of the culture that has been built here and that that we continue to sustain. I think from a from a team perspective, I I think I said it at the board meeting. I mean, I'm you know obviously we're ready for this as a team. And again, we continue to operate as a team. From the day you announced, I can tell you the assistant county administrators were were one lockstep block understanding, you know, and and you know we we were initially very concerned about how do we. How do we, uh, after we were done going through the five stages of grief? I'll say it was interesting watching y'all some go us, some through us, that. Some of us went through them in different paces. <laughs> yes. yes. But, um, I'll hold out but, for that. But, yeah. but, you know, we, 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 we got, we got through that. And, and again, like, like I said at the board, I'm, I'm, very excited, at, obviously, at the opportunity, humbled by the decision, but probably more excited to continue. And I say continue because I've been working alongside of these folks for eight years, right. continued to work alongside. These these great women and men that work for us here at Pasco County, in in this role as as county administrator, um, and also to continue that mission that we talked about serving our community to create a better future. Right, working with our team members, working with our elected officials, and our community. Most importantly, that community that we serve. So right, right. So as we kind of you know wrap up this, um, you know I'm going to miss Pasco County and, and the people that are here. Um, but really, I know the organization. I'm leaving it in good hands. We got a great team, um, in you know, not just at the senior executive level, but down to the frontline supervisors. They do great work. You yes, know, they do. And, and they do great work. And um, you know, I'm really just humbled. And you know, there's there's no crying in baseball, so I'm gonna try not to do that uh, <laughs> while we're on TV or on the mic today. And maybe maybe later in a different meeting. Uh, you know, but it's a so we, but we have a change in the guard. Every organization goes through it, right? You know, right. in the military, you know, I was a commander three times. So I got to get the flag, the, the guy, guy on, on yep. as part of the command. And then I got to turn it over oh. at the end. And we don't have a flag today. and We don't have a guide <laughs> on to give. And, and really that's, you know, the military does that. And they gather the whole unit in, in the field or in an auditorium. And they do that to show that there's a change in the guard. But that your loyalty is not so much to the individual that's leading the organization, but your loyalty is to the organization, the right. guide on, right? right? Who you stand for and who you're going to work for. And so while we're not going <laughs> to switch a flag uh, today and do two quick speeches or, or and we're not going to really do that as part of what we do, um, you know, this is kind of symbolic of that. And so what I want you to do, Mike, I want you to officially take over as host of the Pasco podcast. We're going to switch seats. You're not going to switch a flag or do any of that, but come over here and you sit here and I'll come over there. I'll make sure I don't, I'll take my coffee or my water. So uh, you I'll don't do drink after me. I'll do the same. And uh, <laughs> let's switch around. All right. Well, that was easy. Was that easy? <laughs> this is a different view. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, 
Dan, I just want to say thank you. Um, I am really looking forward to this. But before we go, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share on with video, the audience? on tape, yeah, on tape, yeah. So. Yes. Um, and and I'll, I'll share more personally, individually over the next uh, couple of weeks. And um, as I said a second ago, you know, I remember the, the Tom Hanks, you know, there's no crying in baseball. Right. Um, you know, but you can't lead an organization and do some of the things that we've done without really developing, uh, you know, not just a, you know, I, I like the people I work with, but just a love for the people you work with, right? Uh, both in the office and my my staff that sits up in the suite with me, um, to to the the executive team, to the directors, and really just everybody in the organization. They just do such great work. And it's yeah. just you sit back and and you're, you know, at times I just sit back and in awe of the work the team does. Right. I mean, I don't know if there's a better word for that. You know, we we saw the pictures this week from the James Webb telescope, right, of the 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 the, the new pictures that came out of NASA from some of the just the amazing, the awe inspiring depth and, and breadth of the universe. And, and, you know, I won't say it's like that, but it's the work that we do and the great work the team does when I hear about an individual or doing I'm just, you know, just sitting off the work that they've done and what we've done over the last five years and what we've accomplished, really not because of what I did. Because as I tell people, I do very little, right? I don't, I don't, I don't drive a rescue. You know, I don't mow a park or stripe a line. I don't drive a bus. I don't do any of that. But the team did all those things, right? And so, so just, you know, I guess one final thought is, you know, I love the work we do. I love the people we work with. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's a, um, a word that in English is can mean a lot of different things, right? Yes. Um, but you know, <clears throat> those that know me know I don't throw that word around very often. <laughs> um, so, but I, I just you know between that and the gratitude uh, for all the great things, the fact that when I trusted people, actually reciprocated and trusted me back. So, that's, the gratitude for that. That's fantastic, Dan. Well, thank you, and and really on behalf of. The entire organization, I think. Best of luck to you well, and Andy as you embark on your new adventure uh, in Eastern Europe. Um, and a special thanks to our media relations team who makes this effort possible. And thank you for joining us this episode of Pasco County Podcast. I'm Mike Carballa, and we'll see you next time. For more information on Pasco County government, please visit mypasco.net and check us out on Facebook and Twitter.